It is the weekly Locked On Big 12 crossover. My name is Josh Neighbors, the host of Locked On Big 12. Tonight, Jake Hatch, the host of Locked On Cougars. And also, Stephen Simcox, the host of Locked On Horn Frogs, discussing more about the latest news in conference realignment. The Pac-12 has a couple targets, San Diego State and SMU. We'll share our thoughts on the Pac-12 moves and what they mean for potential Big 12 conference realignment. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast, Jake Hatch of Locked On Cougars and Steven Simcox of Locked On Horn Frogs. You can find all three shows over your podcast and on YouTube as well. We are brought to you all today, as you guys can see, by the FanDuel Sportsbook, the number one sportsbook in America FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment matter more. You get that no sweat first bet for the Super Bowl. So, guys, I kind of gave my thoughts about what the latest news we had, and that's that, you know, the San Diego State conversation has been happening for the Pac 12 for a while. Uh, the SMU conversation is beginning now. And I, as this show is going to be out on Thursday on Locked On Big 12. So, if you guys are seeing this, that means that uh, George Klyavkov, Pac 12 commissioner, I'm sure some other members of the Pac 12 brass, have toured Southern Methodist University mm. near Stephen in, in Dallas, Texas. They have seen all the wonders that they have to offer, what the ponies have, and uh, they're weighing a move. And so, Stephen, I want to ask you your thoughts about this. About like what for people who don't know, so for an Iowa State fan or for an Oklahoma State fan or you know just UCF, whoever else, BYU fans as well. What is the dynamic? in the Dallas, Texas market when it comes to SMU and TCU, SMU and other schools? I mean, how much of a foothold in the market do they really have? How relevant are the Mustangs? They don't, uh, is the short answer. I mean, this is, uh. this, <laughs> in the story, this is an amazing turnaround. Like George Glykoff, I can't remember, what what was that quote at Media Days last summer, Josh? Like uh, Brett Yormark said, the Big 12 is open for business and no thanks. We're not shopping for any of your teams. Yeah, right he now. said, no thanks. Well, he said, we haven't decided. So George Klyavkov said, we haven't decided if we're going to go shopping there yet. Mm-hmm. And now he is uh, talking to SMU about joining the Pac 12. Now, listen, make no mistake, this is great news for SMU. I mean, like, this is a place, if, if they end up in a Power Five conference, you know, granted that the Pac 12 keeps that foothold. Um, out there on the West coast, then that's a huge win for them. I mean, this was a a program post death penalty that really has, has not been real relevant. I mean, the Sunny Dykes era, they were able to kind of top out at being a team that won eight to 10 games a year. And they've definitely grown some, but um, I think the biggest, like the biggest leap they're going to make is, is the facilities. I mean, you look, you look at SMU, they have one of the best high school stadiums in the state of Texas, but it, you know, there's, there's some, there's some growth and some room to improve there. Um, and as far as Dallas goes, like Dallas, Texas is a pro sports town, but it's just what it is. The Cowboys, the Mavericks, the Rangers are always going to take precedent from a college standpoint. You know, there's a lot of, and TCU fights the struggle as well. There's a lot of Texas fans in the Metroplex. There's a lot of OU fans, Texas Tech. I mean, you have people from all across the country that settle in DFW and work there and live there. And so, you know, we, we saw TCU and Tech fans got real mad about this, but TCU didn't allow people to buy single game tickets 
to the football game for, you know, Texas Tech or the basketball game for Texas Tech because there are so many Tech alumni that try to overrun the stadium. And so for a smaller private school like SMU, it's a real battle. Now, if they're good and they start winning, sure, some people in the Dallas area are probably going to hop on the bandwagon. They're right there in Highland Park, which is a really, you know, affluent neighborhood in Dallas, Texas. They're, they're wealthy alumni. Um, that want SMU to be good, that want, you know, the, the football and basketball programs to be similar to what they were back in the 70s and 80s. Um, but they are still a long way away from that. And it like it's just – it's not true. If the Pac-12 is going to say that by taking SMU, they're somehow getting a footprint in Texas and taking the Dallas-Fort Worth market, it's just false. I mean, it's just – it's not in any way a relevant thing to say – um, and they they don't have any sort of stronghold on on the Dallas sports fan and you know the people that are consuming sports media in that area. I mean, I think that they'd be in the Big Twelve if they had a big foothold, right? Like, yeah. there's a reason yeah. why they're not. I mean, Houston got the call, you know, before. And I look, I know there's some politics stuff that happened there, obviously as well. But if they they had a foothold, they'd be there. Uh, Stephen, I want to ask you from the uh, Stephen, uh, Jake, I want to ask you from the BYU perspective. Is there a little bit of like looking over your shoulder being like, you guys, you guys are going after a religiously affiliated school now. Now I know they kind of broke the religious affiliation somewhat. I read something that they recently kind of broke that off. But yeah. still they're called Southern Methodist University. So there's gotta be a certain element of the BYU being like, now, now we're doing this? You well, must be really desperate. That, that that's the thing about this is BYU for decades. Decades, guys. The story was we don't go for private institutions that aren't research institutions that have religious affiliations. Hold on, what? <laughs> like you've just bucked that entire trend by uh, going after SMU here. But as as many people will point out, desperate times for calls for, for desperate measures. BYU, I think, if this was five years ago, would have loved to have a scenario like this come up because in that in that scenario potentially BYU gets into the Pac-12. But I think they're very very happy to be part of the Big 12, where uh, they seem to fit in much better with the how the institutions operate with regards to their undergrad that type of stuff. So this is a this is a big big just kind of turn of turn of events for the Pac-12. But at the same time, it is just kind of funny to the the irony of all ironies is that yes, hey BYU, you're not good enough for us as a private religious institution, but all of a sudden Southern Methodist University is good enough. Uh, the, the only like certain types of, of, of Christian denominations, <laughs> it sounds like, right? Sure. Uh, whatever. It is what it is. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it, well, it, it, here's the reality of it. And this is, this is what it sounds like is that they just need more inventory. And, and the, the, the San Diego state thing makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying SMU does not make sense, but the one thing you have to, we have to understand about this is they cannot make those two schools full financial members and uh, and if, if they were to make them full financial members, there's no way they get that target of $30 million, I think. Because the thing is, like, San Diego State and, and SMU are not the television properties that, you know, that other schools are. I mean, this is the, this is the challenge the Pac-12 is now having is that they're going to have to go and find schools that desperately want to join Power Fives and are willing to take pay cuts to do it. Mm -hmm. Right. I think Fresno is the same way. They probably do it. You know, Boise probably the same way. We know would like to do it too, but that's kind of really the only way this makes sense now, because if you want to be a full financial member, that's going to come out of somebody's pocket. The other example of this is 
like guys, even though on a much bigger scale, the Big Ten, the Big Ten cannot even add Oregon and Washington because Iowa, Illinois, Rutgers, Purdue, Maryland are like, no, this will take money out of us. Those, those schools, while they're very, I think they're very much worthy. Like if the Big Twelve were to add uh, Oregon and Washington, that would definitely merit a full share and maybe a little bit more money, right? I think in context of their deal. But you, you go to the Big Ten where it's a hundred million dollars a school, you know, ninety million dollars a school, whatever it is. They're not worth that much, and so that's why they're saying no one adding them. The Pac-12 now basically has to add somebody, and they can't add them as a full as a full member, Jake. At least that's my that's kind of my understanding on this, because it would not let them hit that financial target that they're shooting for, and they might not even hit that even if they add them not as full financial members. Yeah, and that's the thing about this is these schools they they want so badly to either be equal with or just outdo the Pac-12. And you're right, the inventory is why they're going after this right now. Uh, the other thing about this is the the one thing I think the the SMU brings that I just think is completely just beyond asinine in my mind is playing early window games, essentially a 9 a.m. Uh, Pacific time kick for some of these Pac-12 schools. Uh, just ask some of these schools like Stanford who have done that in the past, how well it went for them. It does not go well. I, I'll just break the news to you right now, but they, they're trying to find all sources of revenue. You're right. And the, you're right. If they want to hit that number for the current schools, the 10 schools that are still remaining in the conference, those schools, whatever schools come in, whether it's SMU, San Diego State, or a Fresno, Boise on down the list, they're going to have to be less than full member shares to get these other schools the amount of money they are looking for. And, and Stephen, this, this is where I turn back to the Big 12. And I ask, is it time to try again? And I'm sure Brett Yormark is, but... This is this seems like the window if you're the Big 12 and you're Brett Yormark where you need to contact these big these Pac-12 schools. And also, I would also be saying working with Fox, right? We know if they add if they add a power five level school, ESPN will will pay their share, like they're gonna pay Kansas State and TCU, right? Fox has not made that commitment, but I would basically say, look, Fox, uh, we have a chance to knock out some serious competition here out in the West Coast. Uh, we, let's let's do it all together, right? Let's be one of the only main hubs for good quality West Coast football. Because if you add four schools, a six a sixteen Pac twelve man that ain't gonna work. It's not gonna work, right? So you have a really ch- a chance to be a big destabilizer here if you make the call and you basically say, you know, this this is not going well. You're not even sure you're gonna get you know the dollar figure, uh, you know the low end of the dollar figure, and you're not gonna get it for sure if you add these schools. It's time for Brett Yormark to start making the calls, pick up the phone and say, hey, ASU, Arizona, Colorado, Utah, come on over, baby. Come on over. Come on and join the party. Yeah, Coach Prime, come on home, baby. I don't really know. I I don't know if this is home for you, but it can be. Like we can make it home for you if you want it to be. We worked in Texas in high school in the high school ranks. That's that's true. He's 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 a man of education. He did own and operate Prime Prep for a while, and yeah, that a fine academic institution. A fine academic institution. No 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 transcript issues there. Uh, But yeah, this is the time. Listen, if if Stanford and Cal. You know, if they want to be nerds and like keep researching things and let athletics die on the vine, let them do that. But for these corner schools like Arizona State, you're not fooling anybody. You're a party school. Come to the Big 12. Be good at athletics. Arizona, come on to the Big 12. Colorado, same thing. Utah, come on. Have a rivalry with BYU every year. That'd be fantastic. Jake would love 
to referee Twitter fights between Utah and BYU fans all year long when they play each other in football and basketball and all the different sports. Hey, my um, radio station thrives on that rivalry. Let's go. Come on. That's now. right. He wants, he wants all the call-ins. It's going to be, you know, fine bomb in Utah, basically, uh, during the year. But it is time to be aggressive. Um, the selling point, it feels like there was a chance this summer. It didn't materialize, and then things kind of died down. But you have an opportunity again to start getting in people's ear. Um, and you know, if you, if you want to explore like some of the basketball only situations, you can do that too. But I, I think the more valuable, um, from a content standpoint, from a money standpoint, the more valuable thing to do is, as you said, Josh, try to find a way to get these four corner schools and really start to weaken the pac 12, make them try to add more group of five teams if they want to, but put pressure on, you know, Washington and Oregon to make a move or explore other options by taking schools that are re- readily available and, I, I mean, I think they have to listen to you right now. So there's, this is a good time to, to start chatting people up. All right, quick word from our sponsor, the FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, you guys can see it on the screen. If you guys are not, uh, you guys are just listening, go to fanduel.com slash locked on, and you guys can get a no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57, the Eagles and the Chiefs. Uh, you guys can get up to $3,000 back in free bet. Let me tell you guys something. I am a FanDuel man. Uh, the best interface, pound for pound. I have used all the apps. I have used state-specific apps. I have used the national apps. FanDuel by far is the best interface. It's it's really not close. It's easy to use. Uh, they've got excellent bets, whether it's football or basketball. You guys can bet on whether the first pass will be completed in between each quarterback. And that's not even a Super Bowl thing. That's like any football game type deal. In basketball, you can bet if uh, there will be two made threes in the first three minutes of games. That's one of my new favorite bets. You guys can find all of that stuff over at the FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment matter more with the FanDuel Sportsbook. So, guys, this is an interesting point here. And thinking about thinking about money, sure, money is always number one. But this is now also, I think, a visibility conversation. Dennis Dodd's reporting, guys, over half of that package is going to be a streaming package. Does Jeff Bezos eventually get a cable television sh- uh, channel? I'm not sure. I mean, maybe. I feel, I feel like cable's still got a stronghold, but obviously Amazon, I think, is very much like we are the future, right? And so, you know, uh, I'm, I'm not really sure how it goes. But for right now, Amazon is not is not on a majority of televisions, right? It's, it's not on a majority of televisions. Forty. So forty. Uh, the last number I saw, 42.5% of the internet-connected homes in America have Amazon Prime, so less than half. Right, less than half. And I also mentioned this, and I mentioned this about my family. God, God love them. They're great. And I'm, I'm sure you guys probably have some people in your life like this too. Accessing it, it, it's pretty easy to access, but people don't know how to access it, right? No. Like that's that's the one thing about it, you know. And my and parents also, still can't figure out ESPN Plus. God bless them. Like right, they, right. They, they, it still just confuses them when there's a basketball game on ESPN Plus. Right. True story. I'm supposed to go over and uh, hang out with my 89 year old grandpa and get him set up on his streaming. He he bought a Roku and he's like, Good I need to I, I need to learn how to work this. I'm, I'm literally going over in the next couple of days to sit down with him and go over this. Right. It, it goes to that point. Very few people of the older generation. Uh, than uh, millennials above millennials, essentially, they're not all that familiar with how streaming is going to work. If they're, if they're going to do this, what Apple's going to do is going to go down. They are going to have to get very familiar with it very quickly. And, and the one thing too about these games is, you know, I mentioned this about the Big Twelve games. Like when it comes to Big Twelve basketball, you guys can complain. All the fans out there, y'all can complain all you want about some of your big games being on ESPN Plus. How many big games do you play in a Big Twelve basketball season? 
like approximately 25, it feels like, right? I know there's only 18. You know, you only play 18 right now. It's 18 conference games. But like you play 10 ranked teams or you know, 11 ranked teams or, you know, you're playing an NCAA tournament team, 14 of the 18 games, right? So not all of them are going to be on plus. You know what I mean? It's not how it's going to work. Like for, for all the ESPN plus games, there are like two or three basketball leagues. There are like two or three that are on ESPN or ESPN2 or ESPNU. And Fox Sports, there is no, it's, there's no direct consumer Fox Sports thing, right? Like it, it is, you know, there's, it's not, you know, Fox Plus. It is yeah. F, it's Fox, it's Fox Sports 1. And there's really don't put a lot of games on Fox Sports 2. Like it's not really, I, I don't really have any no, interest a whole lot. Rugby mainly, I think. Maybe they will for Big 12 games and, and, and Big 10 basketball because they have BTN and there's no BTN, obviously. There's no Big 12 network type deal. But like, I, I, you know, I, I don't think we're going to see that. That's the issue with Amazon, right? Is, you know, you're on Amazon Prime. Big Monday is also on Amazon Prime, right? So, you know, the, now you you're, you could be on ESPN, but like it's not the same network, right? So, like while you might be on ESPN Plus, you are going to be also on ESPN. With Amazon Prime, you're just on Amazon Prime, and it looks like over like half of their inventory, guys, half of their inventory. And I'll tell you what, on a on a crowded college football Saturday. You know, I know we're locked into certain games, but if you're just channel surfing, the one problem, the one thing you cannot do, and I, this is a problem for, I'm a channel surfer guy, you cannot toggle between Prime and channels. It takes yeah. some going between to do, right? Like you have, and, and, the, and the internet apps take longer to load. And then say the ESPN Plus too, but like you cannot toggle between the internet apps. They can toggle between ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU, Fox, Fox Sports 1, ABC. Like I can just hit my last button. You can't do that. At least I don't think you can. I've got three different TVs. You can't do that. So Jake, how much of a a problem do you think this is going to be? If I'm not Pac-12 schools, this is going to be part of the calculus too is visibility. It's obviously a part of the conversation. It's how how visible you're going to be. There are many experts out there who predict in the back, like later on in the decade, that streaming will overtake cable and become the dominant uh, way to consume sports. But right now, it's not that way. Cable still dominates. Linear TV still dominates. And that's the thing about this is if you're going to put, as, as Dennis Dodd reported, if you're going to put more than half of your games, speaking of the Pac-12, on a streaming platform, you are cutting your visibility quite significantly. And that, that's going to be a, a massive concern for Pac-12 fans across the board. They're, they're going to have to deal with, yeah, either having multiple TVs in their living room to catch the other games they want to watch, or they're going to have to be very good about understanding it's going to take 20 seconds to go from one app to the other to catch whatever game they haven't want to flip between. So it's a very, very fine line you're walking here. Yes, could the Pac-12 end up being ahead of the curve when it comes to streaming? Yes, but it's going to cause some early consternation amongst all their fan bases if that's how it's going to go down. They're also still traumatized in the Pac-12 network, (laughs) network, which was available nowhere. There's PTSD with all that. Absolutely. I have, a, I have a good buddy who is a Utah fan who was, saying, it was telling me, we were talking about this. He's like, Jake, I already, I can't stand the Pac-12 network. I feel like we're just kind of roping ourselves into a, a similar type of situation. I'm like, you very well may, uh, but it's, it's, there, there is a lot of uh, people that are very concerned about how they're going to be able to consume their sports if they're a Pac-12 fan. And, and, and Steven, I think about it like this too, from this perspective, you know, I'm not saying the Big 12 should add SMU. Uh, but, you know, wh- who would you rather have? Like, to talk about visibility, you know, to the two Dallas Fort Worth teams. Okay, we've got SMU on Amazon Prime playing Cal. 
right? Mm-hmm. Or playing Stanford or, you know, playing, let's even, you know, just say Oregon, right? And then we have TCU playing like UCF or or BYU, yeah. you know. Let's just even say they're on ESPN Plus. Like the more interesting game is t- like like when it comes to territory, you know, and this idea has been floated around that maybe the Big 12 should go, you know, claim SMU. So there's there's a chance that, you know, hey, the, the Pac-12 couldn't get them. And I understand that playing some defense, right? But they don't need to, they don't need to do that. They, they really don't like yeah. the big 12 has got, they've got the more, you know, there's only two colleges, the big, the big colleges that are in DFW. It's, it's TCU, it's SMU. And the big 12 has got the right one right now. They do. And I mean, you know, we, we've kind of fleshed this out, but it, just the, the accessibility of getting casual people who are just flipping through the channels on a Saturday afternoon. are like, Oh, Hey, you know, TCU and Oklahoma State are playing right now. I'll, I'll watch this on ESPN2 for a little bit. That's not going to happen. Like, you're not going to have somebody in Amazon Prime, like, watching Marvelous Mrs. Naval, and then they're like, oh, wait, SMU, SMU cows popping off right now? Let me, <laughs> let me turn over here and see what that's all about before I, I watch, you know, another episode. Um, so that is a big part of it. But, yeah, like, TCU is coming off a national championship appearance. Um, they won a college a playoff game. They've been in the conversation here for a long time. SMU uh, isn't a better place than it was a decade ago, certainly, but it's still not a team that's part of the national conversation. Um, in the Big 12, like the group of five teams with Big 12 added, yeah, the group of five teams, but uh, Cincinnati, you know, broke through and made the playoff a few years ago. UCF has had some nice runs. Houston has has a brand. Uh, BYU you know, was independent for a long team, time. Too. And yeah, they got a really good basketball team. BYU has a national brand and they were very successful as an independent team for a long time. So um, th- that's a very different situation than, you know, an SMU team that's still trying to recover from um, what was their program getting shut down a while back. So uh, this is not like if, if it's as simple as just adding inventory, then this is a win for the Pac-12. But I think there's there's more layers to this than just coming to the, the table and saying, we have more games now that you can broadcast. Uh, people still have to watch those games to make this worthwhile. Right. I mean, if it was that simple, they would have done it a while ago. Yeah. Right? Like, th- this would have been done earlier if this made much more sense. So, And I've maintained this. I still think the Pac-12 gets a television deal done. I think that group of 10 schools want to remain together, right? I, I do know for a fact mm-hmm. that one of the four schools that we, everybody's been discussing did very much want to be go, want to go to the big 12. The problem is the partner school in that state did not want to. So, you know, which two we're talking about here. I, I think it's a different conversation now. I, I know, I know there is some, there is some hesitancy with it, but I think it's really time. It's, it's really time to start asking themselves like, Oregon and Washington are keeping that conference up right now. I know Utah is, is as good as this, but like branding wise, Oregon and Washington are the two best brands that they have right now. And that's why that thing is still afloat. Cause I think if out of the big 12, the Pac 12 guys, I said there's a bunch, I think Oregon and Washington are the two best brands that are out there. All of it. The problem is there is a massive drop off right after that massive yeah, drop off. Right there is. And I, I think the one reason why I'm, I'm, I am moving, I know I'm really towards like a, hey, come be a part of this other schools is because Fox to sign on again to the Big 12 touted the depth of the league. So while we might not be adding Oregon and Washington this league, and maybe you do because you disrupt things and make it 16 league in the Pac-12, 
I am I am um, thinking like adding Utah and BYU or adding adding Utah, adding Arizona, adding Arizona State, adding Colorado. It just adds depth to your league, right? Especially if Coach Prime stays a little bit at Colorado. Like it's just going to add more depth to your league. And, mm-hmm. and look, there's going to be a bottom. There has to be a bottom when you have that many teams. Um, but the Big 12's bottom is like these teams circulate a lot more than they do in other leagues. And so I think it just it, it's a more interesting television product. And Jake, I, I would say the realignment stuff, you know, kind of on a closing note here from everybody, the, the Big 12 snatching Pac-12 schools does feel more realistic each day that we go, right, without a television deal because it, this thing was supposed to be done by now. And anybody who tells you anything different, they're lying to you. This thing was supposed to be done by now. And now we're approaching, you know, we're into February and they're they're thinking about adding schools first before getting the deal done, which that was not the plan beforehand. Yeah, and that's the thing. It sounds like this is a little more of a Hail Mary trying to get, get the deal locked in. And that, that's the situation. There's some uh, Pac-12 apologists, as I call them in the media, who have said that the, the Big 12 undercut the Pac-12's negotiating uh, position by cutting their deal before. You know what? Whine all you want about it. The Pac-12 sat on their hands while the Big 12 and Brett Yormark were kind of proactive about this and went and just kind of locked things down. And that's to Brett Yormark's everlasting credit that he he if it, it's true they undercut George Klyovkov in the Pac-12. So be it. They can whine about it all they want, but you're right. We had Dennis Don on my radio station. This goes back a week and a half ago, if I recall correctly. And he said at that point, I think it was 17 months out from the end of the the Pac-12's negotiating or no, the Pac-12's uh, media rights it's, it's 17 months. It's up. And he said, that's uh, like, you, you can't get this close without having something done. He said, they need to get this done ASAP. And he's right. The longer this stretches out, you've got to be thinking if you're a school in that of those 10 schools that are remaining in the Pac-10 or the Pac-12, got to be thinking, eh, maybe we should look around a little bit. And I, I, I tweeted this out. If Brett Yormark wants to undercut the Pac-12 again, well, guess what you can do? Go steal San Diego State or SMU, or even better yet, yeah, like you said, go get Utah, go get Colorado, go get the Arizona schools, really cut their knees out from underneath them. Yeah, and Steven, I mean, it feels like at this point, like, go ahead and add them, but that's not, it's just out of giving you 12 teams. Just yeah. Just, it's all, it's all, I mean, once I still feel like a deal is getting done, but what leverage do they have? I know, I know, ESPN probably wants to put the to put Washington and Oregon on their on their channel, but like, mm. at what cost, right? Like, I, we don't, we don't, you guys don't really have a whole lot of leverage as, as the clock ticks. Them. No, I mean, if you like, if you want to do SMU and San Diego State a favor by adding them, then that's great. Um, that's not really going to move the needle. But I, like, the only the only way this really works is if, as you said, Josh, you know, they're going to add them as an unequal revenue share. And if somehow they can like twist the money to where, you know, it gets close for everybody else, it gets close to a big 12 type deal because SME and San Diego take or San Diego State's taking such a big hit initially. But I think people are still going to snip this out and understand that this was a desperation move. And uh, yeah, I mean, the big 12 needs to, to take advantage of this opportunity and start planting seeds and saying, Hey, there's stability here. These, this conference wants to be together. You know, we've added brand names that we're excited about, and um, there's a there's a path forward in in Big Twelve athletics that doesn't appear to be there right now for the Pac twelve. All right, gentlemen, it's the exciting time. I, mean, I hate to like prey on the downfall of the Pac twelve, but like it's it is it is, and these conversations are always exciting. All right, Jake, where can people find you and your work and all of its variety? 
Uh, all things BYU, just search out Locked On Cougars wherever you get your podcasts. Also available on YouTube, just like this show is. Uh, if you want all things social media wise, Locked On Cougars on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And if you want my thoughts on all things sports, not just BYU, a lot of stuff just here, here in the state of Utah in general, you can search me out. I'm at Jacob C. Hatch on Twitter. And Steven. Locked on Horn Frogs. You can subscribe on YouTube, also wherever you get your podcast. And then I'm at Simcox Steven on Twitter. The show is at Locked on TCU. Always feel free to interact with uh, me or the show page. Appreciate you guys for listening and watching all the things. You guys can find me on Twitter at Josh Neighbors underscore. You guys can find the show at LO Big 12. You guys can find Locked on Big 12 wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as well. All right. See you guys next week. I'll be in a new sparkling apartment in little rock arkansas the flag is gone yes i've got like no clothes it's like the last shirt i had it's a good day to have a, for a good day uh so we'll see you guys next week and we appreciate it as always